And welcome to Tournament in a Tea Break with me, Ros Sattel from Britwatch Sports. And me, Chris Otto from Tennis Now. Oh, so you're not on planet Earth now then? I'm still on planet Earth, but I think the listeners know that by now. Yeah, I need to find like some suitable Bowie track for you. <laughs> um, just because just it feels like a Bowie type moment. I'm an Earthling. Yeah, well, that's debatable. Um, today was women's quarterfinal. Oh, actually, sorry, let me say that again. Ladies quarterfinal yes, day. Yes, ladies singles. Ladies singles um, quarterfinal day. And what a day it has turned out to be for a variety of reasons. So without further ado, let's jump into Serena Williams and Alison Risk. This turned out to be everything that we thought it would be in terms of a match. Yeah, wouldn't you say? Maybe I was a little more surprised by how well Risk did. I think early on I started to to wonder this is not looking good for Serena Williams. I felt like maybe she's going to get knocked out by Allison Risk because she found mm-hmm. a way to win. She served nineteen aces, which nearly doubled her ace output for the tournament, which is a nice number for her. A lot of unreturnable serves, so the serve was in effect. But she was broken five times, as we talked about earlier, and that is just like you're just wondering if Alan, if Allison Risk could have had a dream before this match, it would be to break Serena Williams five times. It happened. She still lost in three sets. So basically, if you follow this, then what you're going to say is so, uh, Allison's going to go to sleep and she's going to dream that she broke Serena five times. She's going to open her eyes and she's going to be like, "Oh my God, I beat her!" And then Stephen Amritsar is going to turn around and go, "Honey, no, let's but, go get married in Philadelphia." Yeah, but we're still getting married. Yeah. Okay, I'll take okay, that. Okay, then I'll take that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think Serena is getting better each time she plays, um, and I think that those who want Marina Sarandi, whatever the hell we're going to call them. Um, are going to be in luck because I think she's going to play mixed doubles all the way down the line because it's helping her. Yeah. I think it is helping her. I, 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 I fully believe that it is. Uh, they won again. Mind you, they've got the number one seed, so maybe it's not going to last that long <laughs> after all. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely helping her. The more matches she's getting under her feet, the better she's looking. She is playing better as she goes. Thing is, she only has two more matches. Can she pull her stuff Together in time, yeah. Twenty four. You know, it hasn't been perfect yet from Serena Williams, but it's all, it's all about the finish, and that's what she's lacked in her last few deep runs at majors. Last year's Wimbledon final was a good example. This year's quarterfinal at the Australian Open with the match points against Pliskova. So something's always seemed to go wrong for her. Two more matches for her to get through. She's yeah. pretty close to number 24 again, so let's ramp up the excitement for sure. Okay, so now let's turn our attention to the other quarterfinal in that half. A, a, an, another opportunity missed, I have to say, for, for Joe Conta. I think she got up to 4-1 um, quite quickly uh, and then Stritzova kind of woke up from this dream. I think she's only played on centre court maybe a couple of times in her career. Um and she was nervous, and it showed to begin with. And then as soon as she started to get in the game, I have to say, Joe just couldn't find any answer to her. Because what she throws at you is slices, dices, dinks, angles, you name it, the kitchen sink, everything. Kitchen sink, dishwasher, washing machine, the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just a relentless barrage of variety that that Joe could not find an answer to no matter what she tried. Um, and I, you know, that in its to lose at the quarterfinal stage 
I mean, she's going to get good, point, good points for this. She got bounced by a very angry Dominica Sibulkova last year who got bumped in the rankings and the seedings because of um, the all England club seeding Serena. So, unfortunately, she drew Joe in the second round <clears throat> and was like a woman on fire. Yeah, Sibulkova played well last year. So, so, so Joe, let's look on the positives. Joe does pick up points and this will set her up well for you know for the US swing and this has been her longest European swing for quite some time but the you know we'll come on to Barbara in a minute the real talking point very sadly was a particular tone of questioning I wouldn't even say line of questioning because in truth the questions that he was asking were legit all these errors duffs on key points pretty much the same as um, in Paris, yeah. you know, something needs to be done. And my personal view is that she has not been in this possession for a couple of years and needs to be in, you know, in, in, 20, in the first part of 2017, she was in big um, matches. She made, she won Miami. She made the semi-finals of Wimbledon. She was, you know, she made the quarterfinals of the Australian Open. She was in big situations. Um, she hasn't been in these situations for quite some time. So I think it takes a while to build up that confidence that you have in your game when you're in those crunch points. However, there are questions to be asked. This is the second time that we've seen quite a few shots go awry at big, big moments. Um, and that's something that her and Dimitri do need to work on. The questions were legit. In my view, mm. the, me the way in which it was asked was unnecessarily aggressive. I'd agree with that. I mean, you might want to explain to the listeners if they haven't seen it what exactly happened and how Conta reacted to it. Yeah, so um, what happened was it was about midway through the press conference, so she was in pretty much pretty much in good control. You know, fairly good questions that were coming about. You know, the standard of Stritzva's play because you know, take nothing away from Stritzva, she is a tricky player and she will throw everything at you. She was very good today. Um, and then somebody asked her about the the number of errors uh what else it was the number of errors it was it was sh specific shots missed on key points and it was something along the lines of you know you with all due respect you've got to look take a good look at yourself here um you can't you can't you know it's all very well saying it's great to your um you know props to your opponent but you've got to look at your yourself here um, what do you say? And and it threw her. Um, so she bought some time by saying, "Oh, you know, is this in your um, professional tennis opinion?" Oh my god! Which I think probably was a bit of a red rag to the bull. Um, and then um, and then basically from that point on, it it just kind of descended until Conta herself basically said, "You're, you're being very condescending." Um, so it was like querying his professional opinion he said no as a watching spectator with everyone else on centre court willing you on and the numbers are IBM's um, she said well I, I don't think you need to be so this is where she got defensive understandably but this is where she got defensive I don't need you to pick on me in a harsh way I think I'm very open with you guys I say how I feel if you don't want to accept that answer that's fine but I still believe in how I did so then he carried on with, I'm asking you as, uh, as somebody who presumably wants to go on from here, which is a bit, which is a bit rude. Sort of accusing that, yeah, yeah presumably like kind of, yeah, you're you'd not, like to do better. Yeah, and then... It was rude all And then at that point she'd had enough and she was like, don't patronise me. And, and put him back in his place. And then after that they, they, moved, they moved on. 
Um, but even then, the next the next few questions were still around. That she'd obviously dropped an f bomb somewhere along the line with the frustration. This, she's no saint. She's done it before. She'll she'll drop f bombs again. Don't don't you know? This is coming from somebody who writes for a tabloid where they literally get people to. They were piling on they, her. They, yeah, so you could feel it there, and I love the way Conta handled it. She basically gave it back to them and said, "Screw you guys. Yeah, you 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 patronize me. You condescend. You act like I don't know that I had a rough second set. I mean, you, are you really that naive to think yeah. Joe Conta wasn't aware that she had a difficult yeah. difficult time out there, and she's not discussing it with her team, and she doesn't want to do better. She wants to put a nice face on, you know, and and yeah. and look at the fact that she faced somebody who played well, which she did, who who made problems for her." Yeah, and, and you know, call call it a tournament. It was a quarterfinal appearance. It was better than her last. It, it really, yeah. it's been a nice spring summer beginning yeah, for yeah. Joe Conta. So I and think the guy was out of line, and his tone was bad. And uh, watch the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll we'll put a section of um of the press conference in in the in this vid in in the YouTube. But yeah, it it was it was just um it was unnecessarily aggressive. Uh, and I think Conta, who has got a fairly rocky relationship with the press, this isn't going to do them any favours. But She um, likes to make a point with them about how they treat her, and I think she every time she does, I believe she's right, and yet nothing changes with the journalists that ask her these no, questions, and, and, what, and so she keeps making the point, full credit but I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, what frustrates me is, as an access journalist, so basically... We as an internet site don't get as much access to the British players as the tabloids do, as the, as the traditional press do. So what will happen is the players will be brought in by the LTA representatives at tournaments and then we, the rest of the internet scum, get to ask our questions. And then the, the, the perceived members of the traditional press then get extras. So they then get to go and talk to Joe or to Ed Kyle or to all these other players and get stuff that they then embargo so you know so it was very frustrating in Eastbourne that we had all access which is literally what it says all access hour which means that anybody that's at the tournament can go and accredited obviously can go and have that that time and then they wanted to embargo what Kyle Edmund was being asked and I thought, well, you know, as it happened, Kyle was so boring. The stuff, the stuff was just dull stuff about Andy that we've heard a million times before as he's coming back. So it wasn't anything new. So I wasn't really that bothered. But at the end of the day, it's like, who are you to tell me when I can publish stuff that's in an all frigging access <laughs> hour? Excuse the language. Because you don't get to say that. You don't get to tell me when I can publish my stuff. And I've had it before where I've asked the players, others have come in, We've asked them a bunch of questions and they've said, oh, we're embargoing this. It's like, you can embargo your questions. I won't publish yours. You are not embargoing what I came to ask Jamie Murray or Heather Watson. No, 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 no. I will publish what I asked them because I asked them for that particular reason. If you want to embargo your stuff, then go ahead. I'm happy to do that. But um, so it, it, it does frustrate me because... People like me, who see Joe a lot throughout the year, still won't get additional access to her. Um, I have to make do with what access I can get. So I make do with what access I can get. You know, she'd prefer you did, and they didn't. Possibly. I mean, Possibly. I have seen her, like in Cincinnati one year, She, the, I was the only Brit there, and she was... I'd never seen her this relaxed. And I remember turning around to Courtney, and she was saying, yeah, because it's you, it's not the rest of the Brits. 
Um, when she's lost in Indian Wells, there's very few Brits in Indian Wells, and she's always been very gracious and seen me after a loss. Same with, with Heather. And I have to believe that it's because I've built up a decent rapport with them as an access journalist um, that they choose to talk to me when they've had a loss. They don't have to yeah. at all. They can actually say no. Um, but, you know, I've been lucky. But, I, I mean, Jo will bounce back for this. Of course she will. I think she's going to yeah. take a break. Uh, she, uh, The question that I asked her was, you know, what? You know, this is a longer than usual European tour for you. What's your next steps? She is going to take a break. She's going to do a, a confirmed training block on the hard courts because, you know, clay to grass is a bit tricky. And then in between that, we had indoor hard for Fed Cup. Um, and then she'll be ready for Toronto. So, so that's her plans. But as let's let's give Barbara the 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 time that she deserves. Um, Streets of her, love her. She was amazing today. Bravo. She was she was incredible on the court. She was incredible in press. She's <laughs> she's a character. She won in doubles as well. Oh, she bless but her. You, you know, if you look at the first set tiebreaker where things were really tense in this match, you'll find a point. With Conta leading at 5-4, Streets of the Serving, she made a charge to the net, and Conta hit a great pass that I think 99 times out of 100 would have been good enough to give Conta two set points there, which she probably then would have been able to take that set. Who knows what would happened in the match? Streets of a lunge for it, made the double-hand, backhand volley perfectly placed, got the winner, won the next point on an error, and then and then closed out the set. It was... It was just a showcase of her style of tennis. She's all she's all over the place. She's got so much variety. She's great at the net. She was really consistent today, keeping unforced errors down. She she served and volleyed a bit, I think about 11 times, mixed it up nicely on continent. She just played that classic style of game, and we always thought, you know, it's really cool to watch her, but maybe it's not good enough for her to get this deep at a major. Yeah. Maybe she's just better as the, at doubles. Maybe she's just a fun player to watch. But she made do today, and like this is just a huge win. What, what were the stats we were talking about in press? She's the um, oldest uh, first time Grand Slam semifinals in yeah. open era history for the WTA. This is her 53rd major, and this is her first major semifinal. It's an incredible achievement for Street Tube, who's been around so long and been. You know, in a round of 16, a lot at majors. And and the other thing is, I mean, obviously, um, Serena was asked about this after the mixed doubles. And, Eve, you know, normally Serena can be a bit kind of offhand. It's like, oh, well, you know, we'll see what, we'll, you know, we'll see, what we see. But she knows Stritzova's game. And she was like, like today, I'm going to be facing someone who is good on grass, who has a lot of variety, who could throw a lot of stuff at me. Um, and I need to be ready, you know. And I think when Serena has you know, watched a lot of that game um, and understood a lot of that player, you know she gives you the full respect that you deserve. Yeah. Um, you know, so if Serena is basically saying, well, you know, these are the things that she can do, then you know that Serena's t- taken notice. Yeah, I think she better be aware. I mean, she's 3-0 and against her. Last meeting was 2017 Australian Open, but it was their closest meeting. It was a straight sets win for Serena, but I think it was 6-4, 7-5. I mean, I mean, Streets is... She has been so good at this tournament. I really can see her pushing her. Yep, I, I absolutely do. I see it'll either be a single break in two tight sets or it will be a three-setter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. that sounds about right. So on to the other half of the draw. And another first-timer that we've been, you know, we laughingly called the female Zverev for never getting past the quarterfinals of a, of a slam. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Elena Svitolina, who had one foot out the door 
against uh, Margarita Gasparini. In the second round, in down sec- a set and 6-5. Yeah, just came back out of nowhere to win. I mean, luckily, I suppose for her, um, Gasparine was uh, had hurt herself. Um, but she was down and out. And now here she is. Uh, she, oh, bless her, she bullied poor uh, Karolina Mukova. Um, quite. She did. She got her. She got she, her into a physical match. Yeah, she, she took basically care of said, "I need to make it physical." And, and but that shows the nous in in Svitolina. Uh, like you know, yeah, she'd been out there for three hours. I was going to make damn sure that she was running around all over the place. Right. And it worked because Mukova just bailed. Just really struggled to keep pace. Um, I think the scoreline actually is quite favourable to Mukova. I think you know, for me, Svitolina looked in control throughout the, that entire match. Um, it, to me, it felt a lot more commanding than seven five six four. Hmm. It's just so funny for me that it's happening on grass for Svitolina. I mean, <laughs> she is one of my top three or five favorite competitors in the WTA right now, and has been. I just love that what she does mentally out there on the court. I love how she makes her opponents work. I just thought it would be Claire Hardcourts for her to have a breakthrough. This is such a surprise, but a pleasant one. Okay, which leaves us. With Simona Halep, who also had a tough battle today, she found herself one four down to um, Zhang Shui. Yeah, and I've got to be honest with you, I thought she was toast. Yeah, Shui had, was, Shui was, had three break points to get the double break in the first set, which pretty much would have wrapped that up. But I Simona mean, was able to. Simona had to work so hard for every point. I've never, you know, points that would be winners against anybody else came right back at her. I mean, it it, it was staggering to watch. I, yeah. I think I actually just sat open-mouthed for like a, a period of time, so much so that my lovely colleague next door to me was like, flies are flying to that. You know, yeah. like, like in the mumsy way that people say. Yeah, a lot of people were raving about her movement. You know, we talk so much about movement on grass it's not always the style of game it's it's a lot of times it's just comfort being mm. being on the surface and moving and that's what Halep's doing better than ever and she talked about it in press and just said i'm so comfortable she said she loved grass i know well i spoke to her she in just East... posted on twitter that she loved grass as i well. know i i spoke to her in um i spoke to her in eastbourne where it was like kind of you know i i, I you know why have you got this thing because is it because you've rolled your ankle and she goes a little bit but um i asked her you know yulia gergas has said once she learned to accept the grass you know, and accept that it would not be perfect. Her level went up because she's such a perfectionist. And and Halep agreed. She said it's absolutely right. You know, once once you, you you never know what the ball is going to do. Whereas on clay, you know that if you slide at this point, you're going to be able to strike the ball. You know, on hard courts, that it's going to be like that. It's not going to hit the line and then fly off in some angle. It's going to mm-hmm. hit the line and do what balls do and fly up. Right. So, but on grass, it can hit the line and go like next door. Nobody nobody knows. So you're talking about experience, acceptance. Those are two things that that a veteran would be be able to have. Yes. And that's what I think has helped her. Um, And so now we have um, a tantalizing final final line, a semi-final lineup, I think, between Williams and Stritzover, which could be all kinds of tricky. And between how... Sure hope so. And Halep and Svitolina, who are two, what I would say, clay court queens that are now suddenly loving the grass. Yeah, good and for it them. Just, it, it, it just bamboo. So you've got two grass-loving people and two, well, we really like the clay. And what is this green stuff? People. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's That's an interesting intriguing. one. They've, they've had a pretty wild head-to-head. Of course, they had that crazy matchup in the quarterfinals at Roland Garros where 
where Svitolina blew a set and 5-1 lead, so that could weigh heavily on her. Yep. But, um, you know, these two are pretty evenly matched. should be a physical battle. It should be like, like a clay court battle on grass. Did you see, though, that um, if you go back and read their press conferences, so when they talked to Svitolina about the Hallett match and said, oh, do you remember? And she's like, I don't, don't want to talk about it. doesn't want to remember. Don't want to remember. But it's the same with Hallett when everybody says, but you reached the semifinal before, and do you remember? Nope, I don't. Nope, nope, nope. Simpson going backwards for a hedge. Nope. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, yeah. You know, it's. I think it's fascinating. I think. I think both of them are worthy semi-finals, mm-hmm. and and hopefully they will be their best tennis. It's a nice lineup. We have this. You know, the, the what is Svitolina seated? The eighth, the seventh, eighth, and eleventh seed, and then we have Stritzova, who's unseated, and by the way, could become the first unseated finalist women's side in Wimbledon Open era history. It doesn't happen with unseated players in the final. Look it up. I checked my compendium. Maria Sharapova was unseeded, wasn't she? I'm not sure, but I, I think I looked... Maria Sharapova was 19 years old. Of course she was unseeded. Wow. We'll have to... We will check... <laughs> listeners, we'll should check... We, should we look it up right now? I'll try to find it. This makes you, great you, podcast. You, you can move us on to the Okay, men. well, while you're doing that then, um, obviously tomorrow is the turn of the men. And, you know, you might have got a feel for um, our disdain for the lineup. Because, um, to be honest with you, I think what tomorrow is all about is the big three. Um, so here we are. We've got a mixture of oldies and oh, upcomers. And tomorrow it's all about the big three. It's whether or not um, anybody can challenge them, really. So let's start with uh, with Djokovic. Let's start with the world number one. He has David Goffin. Um, do we think that House of Goffindor can, can do any damage? I think he can do some stuff. I think he can take a set off him, to be fair. I mean, if he's got this far, he can do quite well. And we have confirmation Sharapova, 13th seed at Wimbledon. Was she 13th? In 2004. Oh, crikey. <laughs> I looked it up on the compendium, and you didn't trust me. I didn't trust you. Okay, all right then. Um, I really don't know what to I say. I think Goffin can, can do okay, some damage. I think he's playing his best tennis. He's serving well. He's confident. He's facing Novak Djokovic is the problem. I give Goffin a set. I think so too. I think if he can do it against Rafa at Roland Garros, he can certainly do it against yeah. Novak at Wimbledon. But I, I see. I don't don't give him much more than that, and I don't no. think you do either. No, that's fine. So seed number two, behind door number two, is Roger Federer. Now he has Kei Nishikori. Now I know that you're a huge fan of this potential matchup. Tell me yeah. why. I've been excited about it for a while because I like the way Nishikori has played on grass over the last few years. And again, we're like like we're talking about with Halop, its experience, its movement, its comfort on the surface. He's pretty good on it. We talked about the fact that he was able to get to the quarterfinals last year, take a set from Novak Djokovic. Also like the fact that he beat Roger Federer last year at the World Tour Finals, has beaten him three times, pushed him the five sets in the 2017 Australian Open. It's not a bad matchup for whatever reason for Nishikori. Has Roger convinced you on grass? This, this? Roger just convinced me, period, on grass. He's eight-time Wimbledon no, champion. No, 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 but this, this tournament. No, because you just, you just don't know anything... He's yes, he's you, you have to think he's going to be strong. He's in he's in good form, but from what I've seen, he's had he's been able to manage lesser opponents. So, the, the, yeah. how will he react to a um, step up in, in just, the competition? Yeah, I mean, I'm just so obviously we knew that Lloyd Harris took a set off him, and then it was business as usual one, two, and two. Uh, and then against Jay Clark, Jay pushed him to a tie break, which I thought was quite impressive. It was interesting, right? Um, 
but and was maybe unlucky not to have that said. Luca Pui, Pui was got a him li- to a breaker. That's and I right. Thought, I thought Pui played magnificently, so yep. Federer did pretty well actually to not drop a set. So there. he's actually done quite well with Berrettini. And he smoked Berrettini. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, you know, Roger's fine, but I like I think Nishikori can can push him. The other quarterfinal between Query and Nadal is what most people think is going to be the most uh, the most potential upset right yeah I, I agree i agree i think and query has been i mean query reached the final of eastbourne and is looking very good 100 aces in four matches yeah. so that will be our test uh there is of course another quarterfinal which is guido Pea and uh roberto batista agut i think Pea is going to run out of steam I think he's going to be too tired after that five-setter against Milos Raonic. Yeah, Pei's been through a lot here. He had to get and past Kevin Anderson. And have, yeah, I think, I think time... And the thing is, Batista Agut is like metronomically consistent. Um, he does a little bit of everything well. There's no real weapons, but he does everything well. And I think, I think he would just have more consistent, consistency over the day. Than um, than Paya. RBA has been cruising through this draw. hasn't dropped a set. No. So he's going to be fresh, and and yeah. we know the type of physical tennis he plays. So him being fresh is a big deal. Yeah, I think, I think he plows past Paya. I mean, uh, good on Paya for getting this far, though. It's been, yeah. been a nice yeah, tournament yeah, for yeah. him. Yeah. Okay, so um, we might not be back tomorrow because I will be on radio duty. If you want to listen to me on Love Sport Radio. 7 till 8 and it will be on demand the tennis show Um, but we will be back to talk about the women's semi-final the men's semi-final and then the match of the two semi-finals yeah well I try to get back tomorrow night and I also want to say that I listened to your love sports show last week and it was incredible it was great (laughs) I loved it Um, I got a lot of new information from it it was you Abigail uh, Abigail Johnson and uh, Anna Smith who is a uh, British doubles player it's an excellent show I'll be checking it out tomorrow as well okay well look thank you all for listening and indulging in our late night rambles we have been Ros Sato and Chris Sato thank you for listening